Well, hello everyone. You have not heard my podcast voice in a while. It's Dallas back here again with you today. Welcome back to Bestowing the Brush. This is going to be a surprise mini episode because when I come across something that I want to read to you, why not just read it to you in my voice? And I know that I've been doing a lot of YouTube stuff, which has been great. It's just been about five times more time consuming doing video, and I did not prepare for that. It's been good. It's been a learning curve, definitely for sure. But I am enjoying the process, and I'm enjoying using that medium and that platform. So if you haven't already, check me out on youtube.com. It's the same as the podcast name. It's Bestowing the Brush. I believe I have two or three high quality videos about brush drawing and painting. And I have a couple, mm, I would say maybe a little more blog style or vlog style where I'm looking into camera, talking to you. So I'm exploring some format and I'm exploring some ideas. So I'm thankful that you're here with me and that you get to see this project unfold. How exciting is that? Okay, so since I like to keep you guys in the loop, I'm going to briefly tell you about some things we have going on. Last time you heard, I was stopping the podcast and going to come back in August, air quotes. Well, what I didn't know at the time is that the Lord had a house for us and he was going to have us sell our house this summer. So we sold the house that we were renting. We rented for about eight years and we are in a new home. It was a super quick process. My husband was amazing. He got everything together. He did his research. We got some showings and our house sold within less than 24 hours. So very, 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 very thankful for that. And now we have a little bit more space and we are doing what we need to do in this home. We are getting it livable. We are building furniture. I know as if we weren't doing about everything else in our life right now, homeschooling three children, doing some side projects and ministry with church and keeping up with friends and family. It's been a lot. So, um, yes, I also had to do some traveling this summer to go visit my grandma who is struggling in her health. And so for you who are my praying folk out there, thank you for praying for our family. Thank you for being so supportive of this bestowing the brush project and for what we've been able to do this year. I'm just amazed. So thank you again. And please continue to pray for my grandma. She has dementia and just to keep her own privacy and confidentiality, I won't share more than that, but it's definitely been a learning, a learning thing for me to watch how my family has dealt with this and how I can be a part of it and supportive to them. So definitely keep me in your prayers if I'm already there. And if I'm not, maybe this podcast will remind you. Hey, too, I do have an email address. You can actually get there now through my website and hot dog. That's another thing that I haven't talked about yet. I made a website over the summer. (laughs) It is bestowingthebrush.com. 
there it is currently an insane resource hub for anything involving Charlotte Mason and drawing and how those two topics uh, interact and it's a lot of research. It's some articles to read. It's some parents review articles from back then. It's some uh, more current things that people have been working on and discovering as they do their own current research. And I hope to keep that live and active and keep adding to it and keep curating it as I find really top-notch things. So it will not be a place that is completely exhaustive for Charlotte Mason. It is not for that. It really is for the homeschool family who wants to learn how to draw and how to paint. Using the Charlotte Mason perspective, her philosophy, her method. So I have put what I've produced on this podcast up there. So that's another place you can find it. You can find the links to my YouTube channel there as well. And I'm working on a new part of the website currently, so I can't talk about specifics yet, but you'll love it. And I have a few other things that I'm working on that will also be on the website. So sorry to be vague, but it's a slow process. It's a process of not knowing exact specifics until they happen. So I'll keep you in the loop over on Instagram. I spend a lot of time on there. I try to be on once a day and I do take Sundays off, but I get back to your direct messages. I talk to you and chat with you in your pictures and comments and stories and all the things. So I am glad, glad to be with you all on this homeschooling adventure. And it really is that it's an adventure. So, all right. Let's get into this drawing article. This was sent to me by Nicole Handfield. You can check out her other podcast episode. The episode name is... Ooh, what is the name? <laughs> it's got Nicole Handfield's name in it, and it's about nature lore. The Book of Nature. The Book of Nature, and you're going to hear all these clicks right now. I'm on my computer. I'm in my new studio. No doubt you've seen that on the YouTube channel if you've been over there. Quickly looking at my podcast, which, you know what? You don't do that by just typing podcast into your web browser. Don't recommend that. That's not specific enough. Um, I also have a website tour up on one of my IGTV videos. If you haven't been to my website yet, that will show you how you can get there. It is, at least at this time, it is mobile friendly. I try to keep it that way. Okay, so we have my podcast, and I want to say it's in the 20s. It is episode... Oh, boy. It's playing it now. Don't play me. I'm recording me. Okay. Well, it's not telling me what um, the episode number is. Sorry about that, but I want to say it's about 21. One of the later ones, and it's actually one of the more popular ones. So Nicole and I, over the summer, I didn't get to talk to you about this either. Friends, friends, we have to catch up here. 
but at this time it's a one-sided conversation, so I'll try to be brief. Over the summer, thank you to Nancy Kelly and Nicole Hanfield, I got to speak at the Living Education Retreat with Nicole, and we talked about drawing. So we talked about really the spirit of critique and Nicole likes to talk also about what praise is and what it's not is specifically from the perspective that Charlotte Mason would take because we know that our children are persons and we know that we are not to be coddling them and not telling them the truth about their work and what they are doing in school but we also need to have a basis for what we're talking to them about and in the realm of drawing that uh, works out in a particular way and I'm sure I'm gonna have her back on here at some point to talk about it so Nicole if you're out there listening let's get it on the calendar for sure Um, so ever since the LER the living education retreat we have kept in contact and we've discussed drawing many times in many ways. She sent this article called, and you're just gonna hear my scrolling here. I'm not gonna hide the fact that I'm at my computer right now. This article is called, Drawing is the best way to learn, even if you're no Leonardo da Vinci. It was originally posted at Quartz, but I'm reading it from the getpocket.com. I just can't draw, is a refrain most adults say when confronted with a blank piece of paper. Something happens in our teenage years that makes most of us shy away from drawing, fretting that our draftsmanship skills aren't up to par, and leaving it to the artists among us. I'm going to interject some thoughts here as I'm reading through this, because I went immediately in my mind to Betty Edwards' book, Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain, you don't have a copy of that please do check it out it is one of the best modern books on drawing and explaining the brain science behind drawing and creativity that there is out there um and she talks about this concept of the teenage years being a real tipping point it can either be where you become um, very self-conscious about your work and stop attempting or it can be a time where you flourish because of just this slight something that happens in your brain at that time, your visual cognition. Back to the article. But we've been thinking about drawing all wrong, says the design historian D.B. Dowd in his illuminating new book titled Stick Figures, Drawing as a Human Practice, which, by the way, I want a copy of this book. Are you surprised? No. Dowd argues that putting a pencil to paper shouldn't be about making art at all. We have misfiled the significance of drawing because we see it as a professional skill instead of a personal capacity, he writes. This essential confusion has stunted our understanding of drawing and kept it from being as a tool for learning above all else. Put another way, drawing shouldn't be about performance, but about process. 
it's not just for the artists or even the weekend hobbyists. Think of it as a way of observing the world and learning. Something that can be done anytime, like taking notes, jotting down a thought, or sending a text. Mistaking drawing for art is embedded in our institutions, says Dowd, a professor of art and American culture at the Washington University in St. Louis. For centuries, schools have lumped drawing with painting and confined it in an aesthetic cage, he says. Our anxiety around drawing starts around puberty when we begin self-critiquing our abilities to render a perfect likeness, Dowd says. The self-consciousness associated with good drawing or a naive form of realism is mostly to blame, he explains to courts. If you take a step back and define drawing as a symbolic mark-making, it's obvious that all human beings draw. Diagrams, maps, doodles, smiley faces, these are all drawings. Drawings help us think better. At its core, drawing is a problem-solving tool. Scientists are often avid doodlers, like the Fields Medal-winning mathematician Miriam Mirzahaki? No, Mirzakani, for instance. The process of drawing something helps you somehow to stay connected, she explained in a 2014 interview. I'm a slow thinker, and I have to spend a lot of time before I can clean up my ideas and make progress. Even if you're not tackling hyperbolic geometry, drawing is useful for daily affairs, from giving directions, taking meeting notes, outlining a presentation, or making a grocery list. It fosters close observation, analytical thinking, patience, and even humility. So here's the point at where I want him to cite where he's making these assumptions and, and some, you know, something that he can point to where he's saying and proving that drawing fosters close observation and analytical thinking, patience, and humility. But I know that Listener, you and I probably already have made this connection in our mind, but I just want him to kind of expound on that a little bit. An alternative to Google-based learning. Okay. Digital technology coddles us by giving us shortcuts to instant knowledge. But drawing breaks our collective instinct to Google everything, argues Dowd. He cautions against relying too much on easy paths to learning. When we ask for something from Google image search, say airplane, we get contemporary definitions of same, which in that case yields thousands of pictures of commercial airliners. That's a narrow result from a general inquiry and one version of how aggregation keeps us from seeing a wider world. Drawing works in exactly the opposite way close observation of almost any particular engages the senses and heightens the experience, making the world seem bigger, not smaller. There is a physical dimension to this too. Our brains got bigger when our thumbs moved into an opposable position vis-a-vis -vis our fingers. Our hands fixed on the ends of our arms brought us news of the world and we evolved rapidly to take advantage. Our manual capacities are critical to our understanding of the world. 
Isn't it weird and a wicked paradox that the digital has eroded the manual? Dowd, who has been critical of the graphic design industry's over-reliance on digital illustration tools like Adobe Illustrator or Photoshop, argues that drawing isn't necessarily anti-tech. I have no beef with technology per se. After all, pencil and paper is a technology. But drawing offers simplicity and directness compared to other information-gathering procedures. I, I really like that part about um, drawing making our world bigger because with the focus and the time that you need to really look at something, it does make it more of a sensory experience. It's not just facts that are thrown at you in a vacuum. Okay, our last headline here is drawing makes us better humans. There's another fundamental reason for using drawing as a learning tool. It can bring out our better qualities as people. If practiced in the service of inquiry and understanding, drawing does enforce modesty, says Dowd. You quickly discover how little you know. And oh boy, do I know that to be the truth with me. How about you? The observation that's necessary for drawing is also enriching. Drawing makes us slow down, be patient, pay attention, he says. Observation itself is respectful above all else. Well, I don't know about above all else, but I, I do agree there that observation is respectful, uh, especially if you're slowing down enough to really take in all of what you're seeing so you're actually respecting either the person or the object in question instead of just being dismissive and bypassing that that was my comment there at the end and i'll leave you with his closing words in the closing chapter of stick figures dowd argues that drawing can even make us better citizens in the sense that it trains us to wrestle with evidence and challenge assumptions. It might seem sort of nutty, but I do think that drawing can be a form of citizenship, he says. Observation, inquiry, and steady effort are good for us. This form of individual sense-making is a practice that's ever more vital at a time when, our inundated, when we're inundated with falsehoods and bad faith, says Dowd. When we look hard and listen carefully, how are we not led back to questions of justice, of what is right? Perhaps drawing pads should be standard issue in government offices and boardrooms. Okay, that was a funny little non sequitur there at the end. Not really, but uh, yeah, this, this concept of citizenship what do you all think about that? If you're listening, I hope you can get back to me either on the contact page on my website, bestowingthebrush.com, or there's always Instagram if you're over there. So at bestowingthebrush, tell me what you think of this article. Look it up on getpocket.com. Originally it was posted at Quartz. And it is, drawing is the best way to learn, even if you're no Leonardo da Vinci. 
and I'll link to that in my podcast notes as well as the episode that Nicole Hanfield was on. And I will also link to Nancy Kelly's website about the living education retreat. They made an announcement, a very exciting announcement this summer that they are going on the living education holiday. So if you ever search that hashtag, hashtag living education holiday on Instagram, you'll see what's up with that. It sounds like an amazing thing that they're doing. Uh, they're going to go over and see, I believe, Ambicide and um, possibly, I think I heard something about Jane Austen's home too. So anyway, super nerdy Charlotte Mason type topics and uh, discussions I'm sure that they'll have over there. Plus an excuse to go somewhere with your friends, travel, common culture and travel. So that's all for now, guys. I'm very excited to share with you what we're doing this year as it happens. Let's stay in touch and I will talk to you later. Goodbye and happy drawing.